Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. One, two, one, two. Another edition the GYGB Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Roberto Flack, and my man, R.O.D. in the building. What's goody? What's good? What's good? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. We're here. Fight week. <laughs> or so uh, we usually uh, call that fight week, but it, uh, you know, like we kind of spoke on last week, it doesn't really feel like fight week as it pertains to the trilogy setting, Manny Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley that is taking place this Saturday night, live on HBO pay-per-view. Uh, a card, in general, that hasn't gotten any promotion, any buzz at all. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about that tonight, give our predictions uh, about the fight, and really a card that is probably a little underrated when you look at uh, what they put together. As far as uh, trying to make the best out of a situation uh, of a fight that many of us didn't really want, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get anyway. But um, we're obviously gonna talk first about, uh, you know, this past Friday's Adrian Broner versus Ashley Theofane card fight itself, what transpired after uh, a fight that we that kind of crept up on us, and again, it, it goes back to this month and next month just being littered with boxing. Charles Martin versus Anthony Joshua this weekend on Showtime, and it'll be for Martin's IBF heavyweight title. Now, this, if, you know, I'm assuming this is going to be in the afternoon. So, you know, for those listening, the fight is in the U.K., so it is going to be televised, I'm assuming, early, around 4 o'clock, and they'll probably re-air it uh, later on uh, at night. But, um yeah, man, so this month's already uh, kind of like the meat and potatoes of this month is starting to begin as far as these fights are concerned. But uh, I know before we get into this weekend's fights, you know, we want to touch base on last weekend's card. So did you get a chance to see the entire card? I did. Okay, so I guess we should start with... I mean, we uh, could briefly touch on <clears throat> each fight because I know we got other fights to discuss. I mean... Right. You know, it was to me, it was, you know, if we look at it, it was an uneventful car, but I'll let you kick it off. Go ahead. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it, it was a PBC card on, on Spike TV, and the the first fight we got to see was, uh, well, there was, well, Anthony Peterson fought, um, I don't think on the televised card, but we got to see Javante uh, Davis, what they called the one, and, you know, he fought Guillermo Avila. Now, you and I and Coltrane were, were, you know, texting each other during the fight, and I'm listening to the commentary, and it's like, again, they, they, they put these kids on a pedestal that sometimes they don't belong on yet. And, you know, you're hearing talks like the next Mayweather and things of that nature. Now, 
while there were things that Javante Davis was doing pretty well, there are some things in there that, you know, if he got in there with a big puncher, I might be a little concerned with. But um, I don't know how slow they're bringing him along. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see him in other fights. I mean, did you want to add to it as far as what you, what you thought about the uh, Javante Davis? No, I just, you know, it's kind of interesting. I just, you know, it, it, you know, <sighs> All right, let me let me let me let me backtrack for a second. Put the car in reverse. <clears throat> a lot of the times when we find out about these fighters is usually, believe it or not, through social media. Um, meaning that you know you might look at a workout video, you like, hey, or you might look at some clips and like, dang, this guy's doing damage. And this is what some of the average uh, fans may see as well, without really looking at a fight. They may just look at a clip or two of a fighter and say, oh, he's nice. With with Javante Davis, the one thing that everybody saw was they knew that he was Floyd's chosen one. They saw, they follow him on Instagram, you know, and they see a lot of the stuff that he does, and he's like, yo, this guy is great. He's awesome. But when you start peeling back the layer of the onions, you're like, well, who's he for it? You know? Um, I think we got a good opportunity on Friday to see who he really was, um, minus the Instagram, so <clears throat> which is oh, nothing more than a highlight video because it's 30 seconds. And um, I saw a complete fight. Um, I saw an overmatch. What I saw was I saw that Gervonta was was basically better than this gentleman. Um, the guy in there was roadkill compared to him. But what's so crazy is roadkill is not supposed to kick back, you know? Right, right. Like, roadkill is supposed to be just that. You know, you run over it, you know, it's on the side of the road, you pick it up, you throw it in a truck, or you dispose of it. This guy went kicking and screaming, which I don't think was part of the plan. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, he got hit a little bit too much than I wanted him to get hit. And then on top of that, um, he had he did what he had to do. He put him away. The only problem I have is is that I think it was a little bit more tough than he expected, and I'm going to tell you why. When you're used to doing something, like I talk about the Barry Sanders approach. I know we get caught up in things like you make a basket or you score a touchdown and you go crazy. And Barry Sanders was the type of dude, when he did something spectacular, he just threw the ball to the referee and it was just that. This guy finally knocked down, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, on who Javante Davis fought, um, he finally knocked him down, and, and it was so crazy because he started doing this dance, and I'm just like, you know, this is this is not what boxing is about. This is not what it's about. You know, we had we had Mike Tyson was knocking people down. He was trying to help them back up. You know, it, it started off as a gentleman's sport. So that was the one major thing, that two major things that disappointed me in that fight. Number one was that <clears throat> he was getting hit a lot, and I didn't like that too much. I mean, he was getting hit with, with with crap. And number two was when he finally knocked him down and he got to him, it was just, I know he got caught up in a moment, but the dance was unnecessary to me. And, and you know, that kind of like, it just took away from whatever victory he had. I didn't really think that, you know, it was going to be a challenge. You know, it was a pretty decent fight, you know, because the guy went kicking and screaming, but... I just didn't like how he behaved in that ring. You know, I you know, from a boxing standpoint, also as a as a professional, I just thought it was just 
a, a little bit, you know, unnecessary. So that was it. So go ahead. No, I feel you. I feel. I mean, I agree with you. Um, the the next one, the next fight we had was uh, Robert Easter Jr. and uh, Genis Mendes, right? So Start Robert Easter. Yeah, Robert Easter is uh, apparently, you know, Broner's protege. And, uh, you know, in comparison to, to Javante Davis, he was doing things that you consider, <clears throat> excuse me, correct. You know, fl- you know, flicking the jab, mm-hmm. being, you know, consistent with it. And, you know, in, in the beginning, it looked like, you know, uh, Mendez was, you know, obviously the more experienced guy was starting to kind of land some shots here and there, but me and Coltrane was, were texting each other. I mean, we all were, were, were I was like, it, it looked like Robert Easter didn't have an inside game, but then kind of proved that wrong. And starting to, he, he, he got a little more effective and, and just like the knockout shot, I mean, it was just like a looping right hand. And I, I like this kid, man. Like, not perfect. There's some little things here and there, but I mean, as far as his approach, again, in comparison to what we saw in the previous fight, I'm going to be on, you know, on the lookout for Robert Easter Jr. Because um, when you look at that division as well, you know, lightweight and then moving up to 140 and such, you know, things start to get interesting. So I like what I saw, you know, Obviously, like with every every fight, you know things change when you get in with, with a tougher competition. But um, in, like I said, in comparison, like I, I liked a lot more of what I saw with Robert Easter. Yeah, I did too. You know, when when you look at it, man, you know, here's a gentleman that came in <clears throat> seventeen and zero. He just did everything correct, man, and he put that division on notice. You know, and um, we'll love to see him in there with some some more competitive competition. And, um, you know, I, I totally believe, man, that he just came in there and, he's, you know, he's, he stole the show, man. He stole the show. He did everything right. You know, he looked pretty decent. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see great things, you know, from him, man. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm just looking at it and just saying to myself, uh, you know, what what is next for him at this point in time? Right. Like, what is next for him? You know, what's, yeah, what's I mean, next for him? Because you know, we need to, we need to, <clears throat> we need to ride this wave a little bit. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think um, there, there's a point. You know, he's 17 and 0 with 14 knockouts. So, I mean, I think at this point, you know, you're going to start talking title shot. You know, whichever you know belt there is. Uh, and I don't know if they're like immediate plan is to move up to, you know, junior welterweight. So I guess we'll have to see as far as because I mean the lightweight division right now is not like a, a big division per se. You know, it's when you start venturing like two, you know, one or two weight classes where you know the money and, and the competition gets a little stiffer. But yeah, I mean we'll we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see as far as like what they do with him for the rest of the year because I'm assuming that he'd get another fight this year. At least I would hope. Um, um, maybe one of these major fights and get like an undercard fight, but uh, yeah. So on to the main event: <laughs> Adrian Broner versus Ashley Theofane. Now, I mean, there was controversy going into the fight. Broner pretty much losing the title on the scale. He couldn't. He, he weighed in at one forty point four pounds, 
but instead of making the weight, he basically just, you know, gulped down a, a Gatorade bottle and basically said, F it, and lost the title on the scale once again. Because I believe this happened at like 135 or was it 140? Yep. One of the, you know, so, or, or no, 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 I'm sorry. He, at 130, at 130 he did that. He came in at 132 or something and he lost the belt on the scale. So, again, we've seen this before. And Broner, he's like that friend you have. We all have this friend that has so much potential, right? And, and it's like he keeps effing up. And, and, and it's like you want to tell him, like, yo, man, you're blowing it. But it's like one ear out the other, you know? I know a lot of us have friends like that. And it's like I think I look at Broner and, and it's like – He's given all these opportunities, and, and just from a professional standpoint, man, like, losing, losing the title on the scale is, like, one of the most unprofessional things you can do in the sport. Because one of the biggest things in boxing is making weight and, 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 and sacrificing and, you know, being disciplined to make the weight and defend the title, and, you know, you, you go about your business, but goes into the fight, you know, and, and just like we've seen in, in other fights too, you know, the, the Theophane, if he won, he would get the title. If Broder won, it didn't matter. So I'll let you start off this one, man, as far as um, how the fight went and, and what you thought as far as Broner's concerned. Well, <clears throat> I've always gone back and said, you know, that boxing is, you know, is is a gentleman's sport. Again, you know, part of the whole experience and journey, like you said, is to make weight, um, which is why, you know, we get people like Roy Jones and the Bernard Hopkins in the world that are just kind of like, you know, in 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 physical condition. Like there's no off-season for them, per se. Right. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it takes a level of professionalism in the sport. You know, people think it's a brute sport. But it takes a level of discipline and professionalism to come in and, and make weight. Now, with that said, it doesn't make Broner any less as a professional, but, you know, that's just always been the mantra of the sport, you know, is that, hey, you come in, everybody, you know, comes in, and we're, we're, we're signing that, you know, faculties and that everybody's 100% and that, you know, the fight's going to go on. Um, I, so, you know, that puts a damper on it. Furthermore, you have the other two things that are going into the fight. You know, you have the the uh, fratricidal war per se between you know Floyd and and Broner. The, the, you know, the whole he says she says stuff. And then you got um, Ashley uh, Felothine. You know, it's just like okay, well, all right, why are we fighting this guy? You know, what are we trying to prove? Again, I'm gonna use this term: peel back the layer of onions. You know, I started looking at Broner's record, and I, and it just dawned on me that every tough fight Broner's been in, he hasn't won. You know, um, or he just he hasn't looked good in. So we didn't, you know, again, we thought that this fight was going to go similar to what you know you and I predicted. You know, uh, a, a one-sided fight, and I believe it was. Um, there was nothing really to report. There was nothing that we saw. I believe that was out of the ordinary when you when you look at Broner. Um, I don't. 
I don't know. I don't know if we if we learned anything. You know, did we learn anything? Has Broner gotten better to you? Has has have I seen anything different from when he fought Porter or you know some of his other fights? No, I saw the same Adrian Broner. I didn't see any new angle and. Maybe, and, and the point is, he didn't have to use one because the competition wasn't to that caliber. Um, so I believe that Adrian, it was really nothing to report to me. Like I said, it was an uneventful fight. I felt like Adrian Broner did what he, need, did what he had to do against that level of competition. And um, the only thing I say in the ring that I thought was crazy was that, you know, I mean, obviously Ashley Felting was, was looking for a referee sympathy when he hit him low. And I think the referee thought that he was actually signaling, like, yo, I had enough. And, you know, I guess he wanted to go out on a shield more than have that fight stopped. So that would be the only thing that, you know, in my opinion, it would kind of be worth talking about. But in terms of the fight that we had, I mean, did you pick up – my question would be to you is, did you pick up anything new that, wow, Adrian Broner did this that was kind of new, we haven't seen it before, or that, wow, this was a situation where – you know, he did this or or that. You know, did you see anything that that really impressed you? No, I mean, I, I I think like you hit it on the head, man. I mean, I think we saw the usual Adrian Broner against this level of competition. Um, going into the fight, there was obviously a lot of things going on outside the ring. Be it you know his, his uh, not making weight and or the the inevitable arrest for, you know, you know the, the the charges that he had from, like, you know, a case in January. And uh, I, I just think w- with him, man, there, there's, there's, like, this reserve that people still have for him. Because, I, I, you know, I see it on these message boards and, you know, on, on YouTube and just, like, all, all these other publications and stuff. And it's almost like people are still waiting for the full potential of Adrian Broner to – pop itself out, but, like, you know, I'm starting to believe, like, have we seen the best Adrian Broner? And, like, uh, quite honestly, like, I'm on that boat where we, I've said time and time again, man, like, the true merit of a fighter always presents itself, man, whether early or late. You know, it's one thing not being ready for a fight, but it's one thing reacting a certain way to a fight. And we've seen when Broner is pressed, man, like, he reacts a certain way. And that's why, it's, you know, watching this fight, and I know you saw it too, you know, while Theophane is not a big puncher, and, and we all kind of knew that going into the fight, he some, Broner somehow manages to let people back into the fight, you know. And I can give so many examples, like it's the Malinaji fight and, and, and you know, just, just other fights, the Ponce de Leon fight, you know, fights that people would argue he might have lost or had a draw in. But... Nothing there, nothing stood out to me in this fight. The thing for Broner going into one forty seven now, I just think he's 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 dog food at one forty seven, man. Like I told that to somebody today, they're like, Yeah, but you know, um, you know, what about a fight with Dan, him and Danny Garcia? And, you know, that's been like, you know, the talk now, because, you know I mean we'll we'll get to we'll get to theories later, but basically like that you know, Danny needs a dance partner. Broner says he's moving to one forty seven. That's a fight they definitely can make. But to me, I think Broner he's a small guy, man. Like theoretically he should really be a lightweight. But it comes down again to discipline, sacrifice, 
taking your craft serious. And I, I just think that Broner is not a real welterweight, and he's going to get in trouble again when he starts fighting these bigger dudes, if and when that happens. So, I mean, again, to answer your question, no, nothing stood out to me. He did what he was supposed to do. I just think he let Theophane, a, a, a guy who's not a big puncher, get back into the fight and land shots. And I'm thinking of guys, other, other guys at 147, landing those shots, and I don't think that it would end well for Broner. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I'm on the boat of we might have seen the best Broner we're going to see. I just, I, I don't know where you, you, you stop the belief of like, you know, him hitting this like stride where he's, he's just going to turn a new leaf and, 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 and reach his full potential. Look, I hope I'm wrong, but again, the writing is usually on the wall. And I think we've seen that with Broner. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> I'm going to put this kind of out there and just, what was Broner's best fight to you? See, that's the thing, man. Like, I could tell you where he looked good, right? Like the DeMarco fight, right? But, again, like, let, let's talk about um, where, you, where you start rating fighters. I mean, you, it, it all comes down to who, who you've beaten. And at the end of the day, too, like, how you beat them. So his biggest fights have been Marcos Maidana, Sean Porter, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll throw Malinaji in there. Let's just, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those are like his biggest names. And out of those three fights, he probably looked the best in the Malinaji fight, but like that, by default. And and it's funny. Like, like the did you best pick in up, the Malinaji fight? I'm sorry? You said he looked the best or the worst? No, I'm saying like out of all the fights, I mean, by default, I would say he he looked because of the fact that like he didn't get hurt in that fight and he wasn't being man. I mean he he was getting outboxed at times, but like even I mean it's just like all three of those fights you could argue well two he lost but like even the Malinaji fight some people would argue that he might have lost that fight but he he didn't look good at all in that fight. He looked awful but, in that fight, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's funny that the commentators particularly Tarver was asking like what's his best his best fight and it's funny you're asking because like I'm like thinking like what is his best win and it again that that's why it's like you know you I, you know to to piggyback off what you're saying like peeling back the onion when you look when you look at his resume you look at the because it's funny he's a three-time a three-division champion right four-time three-division champion but why do we still look at Broner as this, like, guy who hasn't hit his potential yet? And that's, like, the irony of it. And, and, and maybe on top of it, like, how boxing is today with how, how, how little we think of world champions these days when there's, like, four or five in each division. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know where Broner goes from here. Do you if, – if, based on that – do you put him in another tough fight at 147? I mean, like, who you, who can they put him in there at welterweight? Robert Guerrero? My question like, is, okay, so here's my question to you. I'm going to throw a couple names in there. All right. And um, 
um, let's play the game. All right, let's just say, let's just say yes, no, maybe. Meaning, like, it, it, you know, he could do something with them. Okay, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you like five names. Right? Here you go. Right. Keith Thurman. No. Yes, no, maybe that he could win no. that fight. No. Tim Bradley. Yes, no, maybe. I'm gonna go no. Kel Brook. Yes, no, maybe. No. Amir Khan. Yes, no, maybe. No. All right, we already seen Sean Porter. Danny Garcia. Yes, no, maybe. <sighs> See, that's like I want to say maybe, but part of me is saying, you know. Danny lands a left hook and that fight ends, but like, that's a maybe. I would I would lean towards Danny, but if that's a maybe, that would be the one. Jesse Vargas, yes, no, maybe. That's a maybe too. Okay, now I'm I'm gonna go down. Ready, Earl Spence Jr. Yes, no, maybe. No. All right. I'll throw one last one at you, Chris Algieri. Yes, no, maybe. Maybe. All right. So basically, you haven't said one yes. <laughs> right. That's the thing. So, so <laughs> I mean, all right, Sammy Vasquez, yes, no, maybe. Uh, that, see, that's a tough one because Sammy Vasquez is like, uh, Broner's seen better fighters, you know, but it's, I'll, I'll, give him the, I'll give him the yes. Like, I'll give him the yes on that one. Okay. So basically, you know, you've basically given a one yes from a guy that people have never heard to the elite competition. It's been basically nah. Right. So my question is going to be to you is, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, you know, you know, like, you know, we would watch cops and robbers back in the day and the people within the cops would throw the, the, the thumbtacks on the ground you know, right. and, and stop the car from moving or, you know, whatever that tread thing is and, you know, puncture all the tires. You know, it's sort of like, okay, how how much more can you kind of navigate Adrian Broner away from these 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 needles that are on the road? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, eventually all these maybes and no's, he's going to have to fight. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Unless he's really trying to cash out and, and, and fight 49 and no, <laughs> which, we, which we know is like WWE. So my point is, what is he trying to accomplish here? Because every time he stepped up in competition, he's either looked bad or he's lost. So, and I mentioned a whole bunch of names to you through this exercise with seven names possibly, and you basically said one yes to a guy that we never heard of and a bunch of news. So my question to you is, what do you do with Adrian Broner? Because you're, you know, you're in the getaway car. It ain't too much maneuvering you can do at this point in time. You want to run over these these thumbtacks, you know. So what is it that you do? You you want to fight Manny Pacquiao? Huh. You, you you could you could possibly win that fight, but you ain't mess around and get an inspired Manny Pacquiao that dogs you. So my point is there is. He and 147, man, he back with the killers. And we already said that we thought 147 was kind of too big for him. Yep. Still is. So I think that here's the elephant in the room. 
I mean, I know we're going to go, and you're probably going to talk about the whole Floyd thing. The elephant in the room is this. Does Al Heyman and the Watson brothers, do they still manage and deal with Adrian Broner? I don't well, think they do. Well, they do. It's just, this is this is the thing. I think, and this is why I made the Dolphu reference. You got all these guys. You got Errol Spence. You have these other fighters that need to make their name off of somebody. And he he fits the mold. At this point, because it's, look, like, I, I, I know the whole thing with Floyd and Broner is, like, a lot of WWE, but, I mean, I think naturally, like, Broner can't walk in that gym, I don't believe, from what I've read in other places. I mean, in in... In the world of like pro wrestling, they call it like a shoot, right? Where where people they'll they'll talk, they'll talk, you know, ish about this person, that person, but then, you know, behind the scenes, it may be cool, but they really meant a little bit of it. It's kind of like how I think it is, where I think they're cool, but like they're throwing real shots, but maintaining some type of rapport. It's it's like. I kind of sense that only because I think Floyd, too, is looking at Broner like, hmm, I could probably put Errol in with him, or I could probably put this guy in with him. Where it, it, it's giving his guys at the very least an opportunity because, I mean, for Theophane, I mean, the, the, at the very least, I mean, he probably got a, a good payday out of this, you know, in reference, in relation to what he's gotten before. And he got the opportunity to win a world title, which, you know, not everybody gets, you know. I mean, that's like one thing we – can't like forget about but I mean needless to say I agree with you at some point and it's going to be sooner than later he's going to have to fight with these guys you know and I I just think that the way he's putting himself out there I don't know if they're they're putting him out to pasture but I think they're trying to look at other fighters because I mean look just common sense if you're looking at Broner and you're looking at somebody like Errol Spence like who are you going to put more of your stock into as far as like prepping a fighter up. I mean, cause Broner's already passed that man. Like he's not an up and coming fighter anymore, man. Like he's almost borderline veteran. Right. So that's you what I'm saying. Like what, so what is it again, you know, as you're managing Broner, you know, or, or whatever, you're making a decision. So how much further can you navigate him? All right, let's keep it a bean. Broner's about a couple of fights away from being a journeyman. You do know that, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. It, okay. It's... All right, like, let's just keep it a bean. But let's let's throw Instagram away. Let's throw Walmart away. Let's throw the Floyd thing away. <laughs> I'm serious. Let's let's throw all that stuff away. Let's talk about in the ring. He is a couple of fights away from being, unless he really fights and wins against a big name and does it in a spectacular fashion. He's a couple fights away, man, from from being, you know, from being that that dude that's like a gatekeeper. And I'm gonna go back and tell you this. I will never forget, man, how. <clears throat> Remember when Zab Judah was really young? Mm-hmm. And I will never forget how my dad was just like, "Yo, <clears throat> this guy, this guy trained with Sweet Pea." When he was younger, you know, in New York, he, you know, sweet people visit Gleason's gym. This guy's nice, da 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 da. And you know, I saw him fight Tourette uh, Mallette, Terrell Mallette, or something like that. And he got knocked down, came back and beat the crap out of him. 
I was like, you know, this guy's pretty good. <clears throat> the first time he had an opportunity, man, to become a star, he was dogging Costa Zoo in the first round. I remember that. He was dogging him, hit him with this massive uppercut. I'm like, oh, crap. But, you know, just kind of being undisciplined, kind of got caught with something crazy, and, you know, wind up messing up. And then the antics came after that. We started seeing who the real Zab Judah was, you know, choking Jay Nady and, you know, all that stuff, and wind up getting suspended. Now, after that, what happens? You know, Zab just starts doing, like, some dumb stuff, man, after that. Like, just dumb losses. Like, what I mean, like, losses, like, against, you know, even though he avenged it, but, like, the Corey Spinks loss, okay? Then you get, like, losses, like, with Carlos Baldemir. I mean, you know, where he's doing a chicken dance. Like, you know, like, how does that happen? You have an opportunity, man, to be a star, and you're and you're destroying yourself. And that's the same thing I feel like the path that Adrian Broner is going. Like, he has an opportunity to kind of, like we talked about, just be himself, be a star, and he's just destroying, man, everything, man, to the point where he's about to get thrown in there, you know, like Zab did against Danny Garcia or, you know, Zab did against Cotto, you know, or Zab did against, you know, other people where this, you know, you're going to have this fighter that's good, you know, he's talented, he's going to have his moments in the fight, but ultimately, you know he's going to lose the fight at the end of the day. Right. And that's exactly what he's going to, that's exactly what he's turning into, man. You know, same type of path, you know, where Zab moved from the lower weights to, like, the welterweight. Welterweight, yeah. Yep. You know, and just a lot of talent, man. It's just, you know, and Zab grew up. And when Zab, you know, when Zab grew up a little bit, he, he had a little run, had a little comeback, you know, and, you know, but. It was just a little too late for him at that point. Exactly. And that's what I'm feeling that is going to happen with Adrian Broner. Like, he's not old by any stretch of imagination. He's 26, so he still has time. But at this point in time, I can't pick him. He has all the talent in the world. I can't pick him against any of those top fighters at 147. No. I can't. And and, and much less, I think he gets hurt in a lot of those fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, my dad has always said, man, the old is always right. You know, same thing I was saying about Pacquiao, you know, when he fought Floyd last year. You heard me say it. You know, if you get knocked out or you get badly hurt in a fight and you don't make any adjustments after that, a la Lennox Lewis, a la Vladimir, you know, Vladimir Klitschko, where they got knocked out, had glass jaws, and then they started fighting really tall, it tends to happen to you again. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, you're right. So I'm, like you said, I'm unfortunately waiting for Broner to get caught with something stupid like a Madonna punch because he hasn't made any adjustments. How do I know if he fight Keith Thurman, man, that Keith don't air him out? That's a bad fight for him. Yeah, how do I know that if he if he fights Earl Spence, which he said, like, he flat out said, I don't want none of that. You know what I mean? He flat out said that. I want no pieces of that smoke. How do I know that? How can I trust that, you know, he, he that he won't get aired out? I just don't, man. I don't. And it's unfortunate, man, because sometimes we can go by what we see. Like, I don't know if you, you know, again, when 49 and 0 fought Madonna the first time, and he was in a little bit of trouble. Did you, were you, you know, were people 
doubting that the second time he wouldn't beat him. Like, I knew he would make adjustments. That's who he is. You know, I knew that, I knew that, um, you know, that other people who rematch people that they would kind of make adjustments. Um, Paul Williams, the same thing. I knew that Paul Williams was going to lose to Martinez the second time. You know, these guys, you know, and, and shout out to Paul Williams, he was great. But if you notice, he just didn't make adjustments. Yeah. So, I hate to say this, man. We're going to talk about Adrian Broner just like we did Zab Judah. Mock my words. Unless he makes changes in his life on, you know, in the ring and out of the ring. I agree, man. I agree. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what route they take, uh, you know, now that he's moving back up to 147, because I could tell you uh, <laughs> he didn't look that good in shape as far as, you know, how he looked in the ring, you know, because he, he looked like he packed on some pounds after the after the weigh-in. And that's usually not a good sign as far as, like, how good you, you, you're staying in shape, you know. But we'll, you know, we'll we'll be on the lookout to see who his next opponent is. So on to this weekend. Um, well, I guess before we get to the pay-per-view, like I said before, like these fights are creeping up on us. Um, we've been talking about the heavyweight division. We got another title fight. Charles Martin got the IBF title um, a few months back. And <laughs> Tell us how we got it. Well, it was uh, vacated from... Um, Tyson Fury because you know that was a part of the the, <laughs> the unified titles that you know he won from Klitschko and he didn't fight the mandatory and he just gave up the IBF title so they set it up where it was uh, it, it was Charles Martin I forgot who he fought already was it was it Glasgow? Yep. Okay. So yeah, he wins the title there and. Now we're here with Anthony Joshua, who's UK's, uh, you know, the the most notable heavyweight. I, I, I at least from what I see, uh, who they think is going to be like the next big British heavyweight, and you know, he's getting his first world title shot. Um, I actually think he's going to be Mike Tyson. They they think that. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, you know you got to remember he's seventeen and zero. Showtime, you know, Steve Espinosa is like, you know, hey, we hope that he's going to be the next Mike Tyson. They want him to oh, be the boy. next Mike Tyson. See, so, man, they, when, they, when they start doing that, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, so Charles Martin, Anthony Joshua, obviously he's going to take place in the U.K. It's uh, There's a couple fights uh, underneath. I think I, I could be wrong. Is this Fernando Vargas Jr.? Is fighting Jamie McDonald for the WBA regular bantamweight title? Because I know Vargas' I, kid fights. Yeah, I think that might be. And you know what? Let me confirm that really fast. I will tell you. Um, as we're waiting, you know, just to let you know that it's amazing as we're, as we're sitting here waiting, how that um, Charles Martin and these guys wound up fighting for this belt. You know, mm-hmm. even though no one really thinks highly to IBF, but how do you want to for, for fighting for a belt with, like, 17 fights, you know, and Joshua's 17-0-17, and Charles Martin, you know, is 23, and I think he has, like, 18 knockouts or something like that. i got to confirm that. But 
uh, with that said, um, it's just interesting how they're fighting for this belt. And, you know, it's out there. So let me see. Uh, Vargas, 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 Vargas. Hang on. Looking on this card here, I mean, they got. Ma- I mean, I don't think that Matthew Macklin. I mean, he's he's on this card too. Yeah, I, I, I don't think this is Fernando Vargas because it's. His, yeah, because I mean, I think his kid's a lot younger than like he. Yeah, was, and his, I don't his think his son. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think his son has nine losses. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, his 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 son doesn't have nine losses, and and to be honest, his son is not twenty seven years old. That's not him. <laughs> Well, I guess the co the the co header on this fight is Lee Selby and Eric Conner for uh, the IBF featherweight title. So I guess it's an IBF type of night, but you know, well, at least with two of the titles. Uh, um, I, I get I'm leaning towards Anthony Joshua. I mean, he, I think he's a bigger guy in this fight. Um, I I forgot which fight he was in. I think it was his last fight, wasn't it? Where he got hit with some shots. Where I was like, well, damn. Took him, though. I mean, but he looked like he was a little hurt. It's just the thing with Charles Martin, man. And like I said, I, I mean, I think he got the, the, the title shot by default. And, I, I mean, I, I just think in this case, Joshua's probably... Hmm. Yeah, I think... He, I, I mean, I, I, would le- I would lean towards Anthony Joshua in this fight. I mean, I, I think... With the heavyweight division, I mean, it's just crazy because it's like that one division where, you know, a, a big dude can just hurt you, period. You know, like there's, you know, there, there's really no, um, I, guess, I guess, level of power or at least how it's measured. I mean, some guys are obviously bigger punchers than others, but like a 200-pound man will hurt you, you know, with a punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I shout, just shout really, out, I mean, shout look. Out to, uh, shout out to our buddy, um uh, 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 oh my goodness! Who 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 uh, fought this weekend? Eric um, Molina. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. When he uh, Thomas, he knocked out Thomas Adamek. Oh my like, god! Like Adamek. <laughs> so when you talk about when you talk about a two hundred pound man, like listen, man, these guys don't these guys don't slap box. You know? Nah, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, man. It's like that's the and that and that's was like always the mystique with the heavyweight division, man. Is and, and you and we saw fighters that weren't necessarily as skilled as other fighters just get in there. And, and a lot of the times, it, it, it you know, there, there's fighters that are really skilled. And, and it goes back to, like, what we, we were talking about earlier, about these fighters getting put on pedestals early before they really fight tough fights to see how you really measure. Because when, when people, they want to be Floyd, right? Like, that's, like, kind of, he's kind of, like, the mold of, like, what people want to be. But, like, Yo, man, Floyd went through the ringer himself, man, and like in between all of that, he proved like he's tough. What happens with some of these guys is that they they look good and everything, but when you put them through the fire, they get burnt, you know. And in this fight, it's kind of like it's tough to it, it's kind of tough to measure because with Anthony Joshua, like we really haven't seen him like against the the top fleet of the division either. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like a, for both guys, we're it's going to say a lot, but. I would probably lean more towards Anthony Joshua um, when, when I think of, like, between both. I think if he lands a good shot on Charles Martin, I think he's going to, like, I think it's going to be uh problems with Charles Martin. So, I mean, I, I think he uh, wins his first world title this Saturday. Who, who, yeah, he, who, who he, do you, uh... he showed us, he told us that it was going to be just like Tyson and Burwick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was talking about that fight to somebody the other day. Like, I forgot how it came up, but <laughs> that, that would be something. Let me tell you something. There's nowhere near Tyson and Burberry. Tyson fought for that belt. Everybody was glued to that TV because he was going to be the youngest yeah. champion. And the other thing was we knew that Trevor Burberry was like, it was the green belt, and we knew that Trevor Burberry was right for the picking. Right. But I don't know, man. I just, I'm I'm torn on that fight because I know little about either one of them. You know, Joshua being, you know, 15-0 and 0 with, with 15 knockouts, but not really having, you know, the people that we kind of identify with. <clears throat> but maybe that shows you how watered down the heavyweight division is. Um, and then Charles Martin, you know, is sort of like, okay, well, all right, how did you get the IBF belt? Oh, okay, I forgot. It was vacated. Right. Um, two big boys, 166, 165, and, you know, one has a 100% KO ratio, the other one has an 88% KO ratio. So let's hope that it, it doesn't turn into a jab and grab fest. You know, because yeah. if we don't know your name and you guys are fighting for a belt and you guys are, like, the main event – and you guys come in boasting an 88% knockout ratio and 100% basically 90% together, something like that, oh, we want to see fireworks. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? You know, I mean, at least with Floyd, we, we, we kind of knew, well, 49 without, I'm sorry, we knew that, all right, well, he ain't knocking nobody out. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. his record dictates that. But when I see this, like with Madonna, we knew a Madonna for anybody. He had a 90% knockout ratio. They said everybody he fought either gets knocked down or knocked out. Or they, you know, and and 49 and 0 was the only person that didn't, but he got hurt a whole lot. Yeah. So, you know, like, when you in those type of fights with people, like, <laughs> you know, we need to see, we need to see somebody get hurt. If you, if you boast in that record, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, um, I don't know. I don't know really. I don't know who to pick because I don't really know e- too much. I'm gonna be honest about either one of them. You know, I I tried to research it. You know, tried to look. I think that everybody seems like they're pulling for Joshua because they they want him to be the next biggest thing, and they're talking about this whole Tyson Fury thing. And I would believe that Charles Martin is the underdog. So I'm gonna plead the I'm gonna plead the fifth in this. I don't know, man. I mean, I. I I don't know. I'll take a I'll take a standing eight on this one, <laughs> <laughs> only because I don't know too much about them, and I've been trying to really right. look at their styles just to see. And it's just I, I haven't come to a conclusion yet. I haven't come to a conclusion yet. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll see Saturday. Actually, Saturday. Well, if you're in the states, Saturday afternoon. If you're in the UK, Saturday night on Showtime in the states. So we'll uh, we'll see how that turns out on the undercard featuring Lee Selby versus Eric Hunter for the IBF featherweight title. So on to the main course we have this weekend, like we mentioned in the beginning of the show, the trilogy setting, Manny Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley. It's going to be live from the MGM Grand on HBO pay-per-view. Now, the undercard, i got to say, isn't bad. 
Oscar Valdez versus Evgeny Gubanovich. I think that could probably be a show stealer. Um, Arthur Abraham versus uh, Gilberto Ramirez for the WBO Super Middleweight title. And then obviously followed by Manny Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley, which is for no title as Bradley vacated the WBO title, which ironically now belongs to Jesse Vargas as he defeated uh, Saddam Ali uh, in a recent fight. So um, I don't want to spend too much time on the undercard. I mean, I like... um, I like Ramirez and Gravadovich in this fight, in both of the fights. I actually, uh, the Val, that's, that one I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to plead the fifth with. I, you know, that one I don't know, man. But, yeah, man, I mean, look, we, you, you spoke on some things last week and concerning, I guess, the lack there of Manny Pacquiao and his, I guess, you know, if this is his last fight, kind of like maybe what would Showtime try to do in a way for Floyd to kind of, you know, though people believe he's not, you know, um, retiring officially, but, you know, they had somewhat of like, you know, saying, you know, this is his last fight, and, and like HBO hasn't really done that. And I, I brought that point up to a couple people, and, you know, there's a couple people kind of, you know, they, they, disagreed and then some other people did agree so yeah you know that that is true as far as you know Pacquiao not really getting or it's, it's more of like the Tim Bradley show than it is them making mention of Manny Pacquiao if and if this is his last fight you know it's kind of not being mentioned so um with that being said though we still have to focus on what happens inside the ring and um yeah, man, I, I, it, this fight to me, man, is really all dependent on what Manny Pacquiao we're going to see. You know, this is his first fight since the Floyd fight, since the quote-unquote shoulder surgery. Um, we don't know, I le- or I should say I don't know, mentally where Pacquiao is as far as uh, – his fighting career, and there's just stories I'm hearing out of his camp and from different people that have been in camp that I'm I'm starting to believe maybe Pacquiao's not going to get up for this fight. I could be wrong. You know, I've been wrong several times as far as, you know, thinking a fighter's not taking a fight serious, and he ends up looking pretty good in the fight, but I can't help but notice not only is there not a lot of promotion for this fight, but it doesn't seem as if there's that hunger that Pacquiao used to have, man. And if at anything, Teddy Atlas has instilled a lot of confidence into Tim Bradley that may play beneficial to him in this third fight because not a lot of people could say they were in the ring with Manny Pacquiao three times. I think only three fighters can say that, or two uh, two fighters, two other fighters can say that. Uh, Juan Manuel Marquez and uh, Eric Morales. And now Timothy Bradley's here. So they both know each other. Um, I think it's going to really come down to a war of attrition and really – who wants this fight more than the other, man? And I can't help but notice or think 
And call me crazy, man, but I kind of like Bradley in this fight. Um, it's not so much of the Teddy Atlas influence. I just don't know or think Manny Pacquiao is mentally there anymore as a fighter, man. I, I, just, I, I mean, I really don't. And I've been a big Manny Pacquiao supporter for quite a long time, man, since I, I mean, since I seen him on HBO the first time. When he was a when he was a fill-in, I forgot I forgot whose name he fought. When he it was a fill-in, and I was watching that night with a couple of friends, and we were like, "Yo, who is this guy?" So I've seen Manny Pacquiao's story like you know unfold in front of me, but unless he's really focused and 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 is going for the kill and he sees it, and it. I think that's going to be Pacquiao's approach, but I just don't think that Pacquiao's there anymore, man. And I think we've seen the best Manny. I I just don't think mentally he's there anymore, man. And I I, I think Bradley can win this fight, man. If he just fights smart, I think he can beat Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because this fight isn't more or less about Timothy Bradley, as you said. It's more or less about... Manny Pacquiao. Right. And it's about Manny Pacquiao for a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, what's a fight without controversy outside of the ring? You know, here's mm-hmm. here's a guy that, you know, says some things that were, you know, in the Bible, you know, and, um, you know, he's about to get, you know, he loses his deal. The fight's not really being promoted. <laughs> but you hear, you hear, you know, this guy was beloved by everybody. You know, it, you know what it reminds me of. <laughs> Have you ever seen the old Batman movies? The, uh, the original ones. Yeah, like we, like the older one, like with George Clooney was Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever see the one with the penguin? Yeah. Remember the penguin? Like everybody loved the penguin, and then they thought like he was like ugly and all that stuff, and he wound up being like the villain. Yeah, yeah. Remember that you went underground to live and all that. And it's starting to me, it's starting to be like, that's Pacquiao. You know, like everybody who loves him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, man, he just became like, you know what? He's like the worst thing in the world. So everybody hates him now. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Mike Tyson, who was basically put out this candid video last year about how Pacquiao was his friend. You know, they had Freddie Roach together. You know, here are the 20 reasons why he's going to beat, you know, 49 and 0. And. What wind up happening is he, he calls Pacquiao a piece of crap now, you know, yeah. because of all this stuff. You know, it's just funny how, you know, he's become the plague now. And now you, you got a situation where a fan tries to attack him, you know. Uh, someone tried to attack him. And so this 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 fight is interesting inside the ring and outside the ring, but it's really all about Manny Pacquiao for those reasons outside the ring. But inside the ring, it's about Manny Pacquiao because you just don't know what Manny Pacquiao you're going to get. Are you going to get – because there are three Manny Pacquiao's. There's Itchy the Killer. All right. <laughs> you remember that movie? It, you yep. Killer. Yep, classic. All right. That's 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 the one, Manny. Itchy the Killer is the one you've seen that destroyed Ricky Hatton. That's Itchy the Killer. And Kodo, yeah. Okay. And Kodo. You got Senator Manny Pacquiao. Okay. Senator Manny Pacquiao is the one that kind of like, you know, you know he'll he'll win. The fights will be somewhat competitive, or he'll get caught with some crap, you know, 
you know, like Marquette, the Marquez fights, you know, uh, you know, or the, or you know, even the even the Bradley fight where he just doesn't step on the gas, right? Right. And then you get uh, the excuse Manny Pacquiao. You know, those are the three Manny Pacquiao's there are. Now, the Manny Pacquiao that I'm expecting to see is Itchy the Killer. I'm expecting to see him. I don't think that Manny Pacquiao is going to show up. I think we're going to get a mixture of the excuse and the senator. Um, So this fight is not about what Tim Bradley shows up, because I'm going to tell you something. Tim Bradley is one fight away from being in that 12th round with Jesse Vargas again. You do know that, right? Yeah. All right, because he, he didn't choose anything. He didn't change anything other than the fact that we're firemen. That's the only thing he added. <laughs> he, he is the same person, just that we're firemen now. That's the only difference. He's the same guy, man. And I don't know why we're falling for this, man. So this fight is really not about Tim Bradley, although Tim Bradley is a, is a dog and he's tough. But we all know that Tim Bradley won that first, that Tim Bradley lost that first fight and he lost that second right. fight. So this fight is going to be all about which Manny Pacquiao shows up. Whatever Manny Pacquiao shows up, that's going to determine how that fight goes. If the Manny Pacquiao that shows up the one that is, you know, heck, I'm going to tell you something right now. You laugh. A half itchy the killer and half senator, Manny Pacquiao, beats Tim Bradley. How about that? Yeah, Bradley, yeah. Okay, half itchy the killer and half, you know, senator Manny Pacquiao beats Tim Bradley because Tim Bradley is the same person. He's the same person. Now, if 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 Tim Bradley saying if Tim, Manny Pacquiao saying okay, screw you guys, you know, screw America, like I'm just gonna go back in the Philippines and just kind of relax and just kind of just you know lay low, then you know it's, it's gonna be it could go like Hector Camacho when he forced Sugar Leonard, you know, could be that yeah. too, you know, could be a sad ending to a legend, you know, so. Let's hope, man, and pray that Manny Pacquiao comes in inspired because the better, the more inspired Manny Pacquiao comes in, the better the outcome is going to be and the better the fight is going to be. If Manny Pacquiao, for that style, if Manny Pacquiao comes in and he's uninspired, you know, it's not going to be a good night for him, man. And like I said, if he comes in half-inspired, we're going to have ourselves a good night. So I think this fight all depends on which Manny Pacquiao shows up. I'm expecting, me personally, I'm expecting, you know, all things being fair and equal, I can only go by your last album. So I'm probably, you know, with that being said, we're probably expecting, we're probably going to get, rather, not expecting, we're probably going to get the senator Manny Pacquiao. I'm expecting the, the issue to kill her, Senator Manny Pacquiao, but we're probably going to get Senator Manny Pacquiao, and Tim Bradley's probably going to win this fight by a split decision. Yeah, I mean that's funny how you 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 the the Itchy the Killer. Well, that brought back memories because that's <laughs> if anybody's never seen Itchy the Killer, please go watch that movie. Um, 
I mean, yeah, we're, we're um, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we don't, I think this is the story of Manny Pacquiao. My only concern, again, it, just, it comes down to his mental game, man. And if, if your mind ain't right, man, uh, it could be bad news in a fight really against fighters that you should beat, you know, and, and that's why sometimes things like that happen. Um, I mean, beyond that, um, one of the storylines to this card, and it kind of relates a little bit to what we were talking about before when we were talking about young fighters, Devin Haney, the money team uh, 17-year-old fighter who's going to be making his debut on this card, and he's the youngest fighter to ever appear at the MGM Grand and for an undercard of a, of a major pay-per-view. And he's facing Rafael Vasquez. And there is another Ra- Rafael Vasquez, but it's not the 16-2, and 13 knockout fighter. Uh, it's a 2-4. and four, uh, 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 He has a record of 2-4. and four. Um, Yeah, man, like, I mean, before we wrap up, I just wanted to get your opinion on this. Like, they're, they're starting to see a lot of videos of him. And they're, they're looking like they're, they're starting to push him. And I don't, I, I mean, obviously the guy he's fighting is like nobody of, of you know, he's not going to be of any danger. But, you know, at 17 years old, man, like I still think, and from what I've seen, I mean, look, he, he looks really good. He's, he's, he's rather small still. I mean, but again, he's 17. You know, I, I would assume he might be growing a little bit more. But I, I feel a certain way as far as, like, trying to push these kids into the limelight this early. You know, and, you know, granted, Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. Um, but, again, like, he's kind of an anomaly, like Floyd's an anomaly, like Pacquiao's an anomaly, and, like, certain other fighters. But at the same time, man, like, I hate to see – these kids get pushed in a little too early before they, like, get their feet wet against some top competition. And it's kind of been the trend in the later years where these guys, they fight low competition and then just get thrusted in into, like, a moderately dangerous fight and they just don't show up or they, they fold under the pressure. But, I, I mean, I, I have you gotten a chance to see this kid, Devin Haney? Yeah, get him. I did get a chance to see him. Um, goes back to my turn, you know, when we talk about the Instagram era, you know, it makes, when you start using filters, man, it makes people look really good. So we got to see a fight. Um, it looks very good doing drills. Right. Um, and drills are different. Like, you know, and let me go back. When we look at, when we look at Anthony Joshua, I'm going to go back and, and, and backtrack. When we look at Anthony Joshua. You know, there was a video put out of all his 15 knockouts. And at least you could say, okay, you know what? Here's some guy against some competition, and this is what he's doing. So we kind of know he has to hit somewhat hard to have 15 knockouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can question the level of competition. With this guy, the unknown is, every time I see him, he's always doing some pad work. Um, the crazy thing about pads is pads don't hit back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, so it's kind of hard to gauge who he is as a fighter. You know, like you said, it seems like they're doing a lot of the reaction drills and, you know, 
like Floyd and a lot a lot of that stuff, you know, the the, the punch drills and things of that caliber. Um I agree with you to an extent, you know, with that seven you know, being seventeen years old and being there. I mean, some people when you look at it, um seems like this kid is a nice kid. Mm-hmm. Um some people are pushed in that situation because it's their way out. I'm not talking yeah. about the typical NBA story we talk about, like, oh, this, that, and the third. No, this is their this is their way out. You know, these guys go to their local pal. You know, these guys are trying to, um, you know, fight to kind of survive or, you know, it's here. You know, they've gotten in trouble and they're trying to, to fight to, to just, like, stay off, you know, stay out of trouble, man, for the most part. Um, Foy's situation was different, you know. This guy was really serious. You know, his dad, you know, had him in the gym since he's been, like, two. So he was kind of bred for it and, you know, he he ultimately dropped out of school to get on to get on the Olympic team. Yeah, I don't see this happening with this guy. I see this, you know, this guy has just turned straight pro. So a lot to be said, man. I do agree with you. You know, having relatives that are seventeen, you know, it's it's, it's like okay, wow, you know, it's it's cutting yeah. it close, you know. So let's just see how it goes. You know, I, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm I'm interested to see how it goes because it's a big card to be on, you know? Yeah. It's a big card to be on. Um, I think the difference with Floyd is he came in with a name, you know? Yeah. So you kind of like, okay, you know, he's kind of used to this type, maybe not the caliber of car, but he's used to this type of, situation for him because, you know, you figure his dad, you know, for Sugar Leonard. So he's used to this stuff. I don't know what, what Devin, you know, I don't know what he's used to. Yeah. You know, you know, who, you know, to be put on this card in that type of situation to the boxing hotel in Las Vegas under a big fight is a is a big to do. So we got to see, you know, how he, you know, being 17 years old, how does he adjust to the, the lights, you know, how is he, you know, what's his fighting style like, you know, because as far as we know, he's just hitting a bunch of pads, which, like I said, don't hit back. Um, and to be honest, we got to see, you know, how he behaves in there. So I think that we're going to see all that stuff on, on Saturday, but I do agree with you. I think that when I first saw those videos, I was kind of shocked, like, oh, crap. I've seen the kid in different things in different settings, but – He's actually going to fight this weekend. Wait a minute. He's actually fighting on this car. Like, that's pretty big. So, I'm interested to see what's going to happen, too. I'll, I'll be able to report back to you on that as well. And just, you know, I'm sure they're not going to put him, I'm sure they're going to put him in there with somebody harmless. But, um, you know, I'll be interested to see how, how you know, what, what he gives us. And, you know, if he tries to be himself or he tries to be like Floyd Mayweather. Right. Because <laughs> we've seen how that plays out. Yeah. You know, uh, shout out to Adrian Broner. I mean, not Adrian Broner. Um, to Andre Berto. When <laughs> <laughs> shoulder roll. <laughs> yeah. When uh, uh, what's his trainer said? What's the trainer? Virgil Hunter said, "Man, please stop doing that darn shoulder roll." <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Please stop doing that. So it didn't work for him at all, man. But oh god. So, all right, but that's it. But, uh, yeah, so, well, this Saturday, HBO pay-per-view, Brad, uh, Pacquiao Bradley 3. So we'll be uh, back next week talking about that fight. Um, 
what's going to lead into uh, the future for both guys, really. And, um, you know, we got more fights coming up next week, too. The Errol Spence versus Chris Algieri fight, another interesting fight. Another interesting fight underneath that one, which is the Glowacki Cunningham fight that I kind of forgot about for the WBO Cruiserweight title. That's going to be on PBC on NBC April 16th. And that night, I, or I believe, I think it'd be at the same time, be around the same time or a little bit after Gary Russell Jr. and Patrick Hyland for Russell's um, WBC featherweight title. That's going to be on Showtime. Then on Unimas, Felix Verdejo is going to be fighting TBA. <laughs> I, I don't know exactly who he's fighting. Um, that's going to be on as well. So, I mean, there's like three cards going on at the same time, which is always hard to keep up with. But, you know, thankful to technology, we can manage to find them <laughs> either live or later. But, uh, yeah, that is this week's show, man. So, um did you uh, did you want to wrap up with anything else, or did you want to you want to say anything uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean let's you know let's let's hope and pray, man, that um you know Manny Pacquiao has a great weekend, and you know if he has a great weekend, are we gonna you know the question to ask yourself is does Manny Pacquiao you know sail off to the sunset or does he come back? Because it looks like Bob Arum is trying to. Put Manny Pacquiao back on that street corner again. Huh. So stay stay tuned stay tuned for for that. But you know that's all I have. You know and, and enjoy the fights this weekend on on Showtime and and, and pay per view and you know uh, should should be it should be a lot of questions should be answered and some vision should be cleared by the end of this weekend for us. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll uh, we'll be back next week. Like I said, we got fights coming up next weekend. Errol Spence versus Chris Algieri, Gary Russell versus Patrick Hyland, Felix Verdejo makes his return. So we'll be discussing those fights as well as the outcome of this weekend's cards. <laughs> uh, like I said, we also have a heavyweight title fight this weekend with uh, Charles Martin and Anthony Joshua, I believe around like 4 or 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on Showtime, so uh, we'll be back next week. Follow us at Gardrigo Boxing, Twitter, Instagram. Follow me at Roberto underscore Flack, Twitter and Instagram, and we'll be back next week. Peace.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.